Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. So much information to discuss, to chat, to share, uh, and most of it's involving coronavirus. Trump's screw-ups with regard to how he handled this uh, disease, this virus, when it befell us, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so uh, I want to get to it. Uh, it isn't all nice. These are terrible things we're going to talk about. Let me share with you first, though, that tonight we'll be in New York City, Washington, D.C., Pennsylvania, uh, Athens, Greece, Little Palm Island here in the Keys, London, and San Francisco. Okay, first thing on the agenda is children. Children are now coming down with the coronavirus-type uh, affliction. Remember when this thing started, and it was only, what, three, four months ago? Children weren't coming down with this. We didn't have to worry about the kids. Well, that's because it's a new disease for us. But we had to worry about the kids. Then children themselves, I'm talking about teenagers and, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, they're getting coronavirus. A few are dying. Now, all of a sudden, Coronavirus has a spin-off. It's, it's part and parcel of coronavirus. It comes out because of coronavirus, but it has a different name because it affects people differently. And it only, absolutely only, affects children under the age of five years. Uh, now, now you say, ooh, well, I never heard of this. Well, nobody else did till about two weeks ago, okay? But in that time, New York State alone has had 93 cases, five of which children under the age of five died. Five died. Uh, It's all over the country. And uh, it's just not healthy. I, in my blog this morning, because remember when coronavirus started developing here and we were living with Trump, said, oh, don't worry, only 15 cases couple of weeks we won't have none and every time a problem occurred don't worry it's not going to affect this that's going to go away it's a hoax it's a hoax do you remember it's a hoax well it turned out the coronavirus wasn't a hoax uh and people would say they'd write i didn't do this but people would write about donald trump and say he had blood on his hands which fits the situation because he failed to recognize the danger of what was coming and he wasted two months. That's why this, the numbers wouldn't be this big if we had taken advantage of those two months. Remember how swiftly coronavirus moves. Recall, my friends, that on March 1st, there were less than 100 cases of coronavirus. No, there were less than 100 people dead because of the disease in the United States. March 1st, less than 100 dead. Okay, today, two and a half months later, you ready? In excess of 80,000 people dead. In two and a half months, this thing ran 80,000 plus more deaths. Can you imagine how fast this moves? So it hit these kids two weeks ago. Now we got 93 cases in New York State alone. What they are in the country, I don't know. Uh, But this thing's moving very, very rapidly. And at the beginning, people would say Trump's got blood uh, on his hands. Well, 
I decided this morning that he does have blood because he failed to recognize coronavirus when it was hitting adults. Now it's hitting children. And you can't hurt children. You just can't do that. There's something about it. And he has done it. So the title of my blog this morning was, He Drips in Blood. You like that? That's dramatic. But it's true. He drips in blood. And I said, this blood, because it comes from, because of the children, this blood cannot be washed away. He stuck with it. Okay? Now, uh, so that's the story there. It won't wash off. It's coronavirus-based, and it's here to stay. And we're finding out about it. You know, the people in the labs are examining it and so forth and so forth and so forth. Which now brings me to this morning, if you recall this morning, uh, Dr. Anthony Fouch uh, and two other of the task force doctors uh, were appearing before a Senate committee. Uh, Anthony Fouch, Fauci rather, Anthony Fauci, is an American hero. He's been working at exploring, investigating new diseases for the government since 1980. He was there for AIDS. He was there for Ebola. He was there for whatever was the most recent one. He's been there for all of these diseases. This is his job to see they're coming, what we have to do, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he didn't have to testify this morning with Donald Trump standing next to him or near him. And he said, he said, he didn't pull any punches, Fauci. Uh, He said, you know, he's got into the kids. And Senator Paul Rand, a Republican, you know him, dapper guy with curly hair. Uh, I didn't know until this morning. He's a doctor, for real doctor, an ophthalmologist. And Fauci said, he said, If we reopen too soon, he's worried about the country reopening too soon, there's going to be needless suffering and death, quote, unquote, needless suffering and death. And he was asked by Paul, Senator Paul, if the children should be permitted to return to school in September. And Fauci said, I don't know. We have to see what happens over the summer. Look how fast this thing's moving. If we send the kids to school and they're going to get the disease, they're going to take it out and spread it all over besides hurting themselves. And you know what Paul had the audacity to say, the balls to say? It was like he was chopping uh, Fauci down the sides. And that's hard to do because he's a pretty small guy as soon as he's short. But he said, he said, this is what Senator Paul said to the good Dr. Fauci. You're, you know, you're not the end all. You're not the end all. As if to say, you're not the only guy that's so goddamn smart. Fauci came right back. Uh, you know, he has a nice way of handling things. He's a diplomat, probably because he had to deal with foolish politicians his whole life. Uh, he said, and I quote, I think we better be careful that we're not cavalier. I think that we had better be careful that we're not cavalier when children's lives are at stake. We are not cavalier when children's lives are at stake. And he's right. I mean, and this is, Rand said this also this morning. This bothered me. Because this is what a lot of Republicans are saying. i got to label it that way. Uh, and people who want to go back to work. Uh, so a few are going to die. He says, we, we've got to keep, we've got to get the economy again. People have to go and people have to work, make money. 
This is Senator Rand Paul. He says they got to work. They got to make money. Uh, but, and he says, so some are going to die. How many are going to die, though? That becomes the question. How can you even think about the dying part? It shouldn't even apply here. You should not have to compare apples and peaches is what they're doing. Uh, how many are going to die? Because if not too many are going to die, then we'll send the kids to school. Does that make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, now, which brings, me, which brings me now to Donald. Dear Donald Trump, boy, we're lucky the day he was elected president, aren't we? We would never have thought any of the things that have happened in the last three years could occur. I never saw this coming. None of you ever saw this coming. My God, who believed the president could be like this? Inept, incompetent, mentally deranged. He's a bully. Uh, he's not qualified. He's not capable to run this country. He is running our country into the ground. He's responsible a lot for a lot of those 80,000 dead. He's responsible for the problems we have all over the world. He, he took our friends and threw them away and is trying to make friends with our enemies. This guy's an ass, my friends. Anyhow, yesterday he had a uh, press conference. Rose Garden again, but this time he didn't have the whole task force with him. He had no one. He stood on the stage behind the podium alone. You know, because what the hell? He's the man, and if the other people are there, they're going to get up like Fauci used to get up and disagree with Trump in front of the whole world at these press conferences. Nicely, he's a diplomat, Fauci. Anyhow, this was a celebratory event yesterday. It was like we had control of the coronavirus. Things were getting better. We're on the downslide, no question about it. So, on two columns behind Donald Trump, behind the American flags, are hanging this big banner. There were two banners to put in the whole sentence. And it said, and I quote, America leads the world in testing. America leads the world in testing. One of the reasons we're in these such dire straits is because we don't have enough testing materials. We haven't tested enough. We are 330 million people. We have only tested 2.7% of our population. You know, the countries that came out all right, uh, South Korea and whoever else out there, it's because they tested right away. They tested immediately, and they tested everybody. Now, if a country like South Korea can get masks by the millions, why couldn't we? It doesn't make sense. We're a bigger and more powerful country. We still don't have enough masks in this country, okay? So, now that was on the columns. And it made it sound, he was talking like this was a victorious day that they were celebrating, okay? In fact, he said as part of his speech, this is what our president said, my friends. He said, and I quote, we have met the monster and we have prevailed. We have met the monster and we have prevailed. There's Donald Trump on the white horse coming charging down the road to save us all, except it's a black stare and he's, he's wearing black equipment, black clothes. Uh, I'm laughing. I can't help it. Uh, he also said, he also said, because he talked about testing, he said that by the end of this week, remember two months ago, 
By the end of the week, we're going to have a million. Then we didn't have a million masks. By the end of this week, we're going to have a million. Then we didn't have them again. That, by the end of next week, we're going to have a million four. Then all of a sudden, somebody said at one of these task force meetings before the whole world, next week, four million. We're still waiting for the four million. I don't know if we, we may have come up with a million. I don't know. But it never happens. But what did Trump say yesterday? I, I, and no one ever holds him to these things. He said, by the end of this week, this week, we will have million test kits. Okay? Ten million test testing materials. Ten million testing materials. Not only did he say that, but... It, Admiral Giori, G-I-O-I-R, he's, in, he's the testing czar. Trump labeled him the testing czar of the United States. Are you ready for this one? Uh, he said we're going to have 40 to 50 million <laughs> test kits, or test neck test kits, testing materials, 40 to 50 million by September. 40 to 50 million. My God, if we had 40 to 50 million by then, in, in, in three months, four months, we're gonna the whole country could be tested. And he stood there and he said, "We're gonna have forty to fifty million by September." I'll believe it when I see it. It's the same bullshit we are being handled. I have said for the last two years. I, I have written it in my daily blog. I've mentioned it on this show, and I mention it to people when I chat with them. I, I chat with the whole world. It seems. Uh, from my stool in the chart room, which I missed dramatically. This, by the way, is my 62nd day of self-quarantine. I haven't been out of the house in 62 days. Uh, I find that interesting. I'm handling it all right, but I find it interesting. Anyhow, I said, we're heading for a rebellion. I, it, I just said, we're heading for a rebellion. You got people in the streets who are citizens opposing each other. You got people carrying guns. You got people wearing uh, uniform sort of militia fatigues. Uh, that, that, it doesn't make sense to me. And they're mad at each other, and we're doing stupid things. And coronavirus has accelerated the confrontation, it seems. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Uh, the governor of Pennsylvania is Wolf. His name is Wolf. And he said, we can't reopen until he gave him some date down the line. might have been three weeks from now or something. Uh, might be four weeks. And seven, several counties in the state of Pennsylvania said, we are not going to do what you said. We're not going to wait to reopen to the date you gave us. We are reopening Friday. I think there's six counties, including Lebanon, Dolphin, Cumberland, and three others, I think. And <laughs> this is defiance of the governor of their state. Uh, these are their county executives, their county commissions, who are standing up to the governor and saying, we don't agree, we're going to do it our way, okay? The district attorneys of each one of these counties, the chief prosecutor said, uh, they said, we will not prosecute for reopening. The sheriff of the county said, we will not enforce the restrictions. And what did Donald Trump say? Because he encourages this. He he, he, he he does. I mean, he, this guy's pouring the gasoline. Somebody's going to throw a match on it. Donald Trump said yesterday, and I quote, people want their 
freedom now. When he was asked about the Pennsylvania counties, he said, people want their freedom now. In effect, they should have it. He encourages these people to rebel. He encourages it. Then where's the other city? Remember Michigan last week? My God. The, the, the state legislature of Michigan is in session trying to decide when they're going to open and close things and so forth. And men in military fatigues, not in the military, carrying guns of war, AR-15s or something, are walking, are walking back and forth on the balcony overlooking the legislature while these guys are in session down there. They were intimidated. They said afterwards, a lot of them, we were afraid. You don't know if one of these assholes is going to take a gun and start shooting. And why didn't anybody stop them? Turns out, we're crazy. But that's because we're Americans, I guess. But in the state of uh, in the state of Michigan, it's legal for someone to carry a weapon on the balcony of the state legislature. We're going to go to Greece now. Greece, my beloved Greece. I love Greece. Those of you who have never had the opportunity, your next vacation, uh, if we ever are able to get on a plane again, uh, go to Greece. Take a week or two in Greece. You'll love it. Absolutely love it. It's different from any place you've ever been. Now, and I have two friends over there that I made over the years. I made a lot, but these two two gentlemen keep in touch with me because of the Internet and the blog and everything else. Theo Marcus and Jim Brown. Well, Greece had, there has and had their problems. They still have the coronavirus. And they clo- in Athens, they closed everything down in Athens. All right? And on Athens, you know, that's where you have Acropolis, the Parthenon. Acropolis is a hill in the middle of Athens, on top of which are these ancient uh, Greek structures built thousands of years before Christ was even born. And they, they sit up there on top of the mountain. Beautiful. It's like going to Rome. And you see uh, they have that section in Rome where you can see the buildings and how the people lived, etc. In the old days in Rome, it's the same thing. You get the same feeling in the pit of your stomach. Uh, and they closed down the Parthenon the Ac- and Acropolis. You couldn't go up the hill. You couldn't go into the buildings. On March 13th, it was announced that Acropolis and the Parthenon are going to be reopened on May 18th. That's just six days a week. Can you imagine? In, less, in, in about six weeks, five weeks, actually five weeks, they closed. They did what they had to do. And now they feel it's safe to reopen the greatest thing in the city of Athens because everything involves this Acropolis Hill. At nights, these these buildings, these old buildings are lit up. They're so beautiful. And all of the restaurants around the hill, you sit outside, you look, you eat, you drink, you hear the Greek music, you hear the people breaking uh, dishes, you dance, the men dance. And you look at beautiful Acropolis. They're going to open it up again. That's what I'm trying to say after five weeks. Uh, Now, this is interesting, too. Remember Little Palm Island. Little Palm Island. That's about two miles south of uh, Big Pine Key. It's at Little Torch Key. It's off of Little Torch Key. It's Little Palm Island. Uh, Now, Little Palm Island uh, was a, a great resort before Irma. 
Irma was September 2017. Little Palm Island, this great resort, just the resorts on this little island, uh, and they had maybe 11 or 12 bungalows. Place wasn't cheap. It was about $1,100 a night to stay in one of these bungalows. The food was outstanding. I used to go there for dinner infrequently because everything was very, very expensive. Or their Sunday brunch was wild. And the place was magnificent. Well, Little Palm Island, Irma, was a Category 4 when it hit Little Palm Island. Wiped Little Palm Island. Wasn't no more Little Palm Island Resort. Okay, gone. Yesterday's news. The Noble Group, N-O-B-E-L, own it, and they put up beautiful hotels all over the world. They already have about 14 hotels, but they're all magnificent. I've stayed in several. That's why I can say it. Uh, It took them two and a half years to rebuild, to renovate Little Palm Island. And they announced that very, very shortly they're going to open Little Palm Island again. The cost of the renovations Thirty-four million dollars. I told you the place was just blown to the ground. Thirty-four million dollars. I'm sure there was a lot of insurance money in there. Thirty-four million dollars. That's so much money. And now, what are the rooms going to cost? These little bungalows. I don't know how many they're going to have. Probably a few more at the prices they're going to charge. They should. Uh, if it's off season, they will cost between one thousand five hundred dollars and two thousand dollars a night. A night in season, they will cost $1,900 to $3,800 a night. I'm going to go for dinner (laughs) when it opens. I don't want to miss it. I would never pay that kind of money, though, to stay there or anywhere else. These places are good. It's going to have to be beautiful, absolutely magnificent. Okay, now we go on to this is what I'm going to tell you you're not going to believe. We may have a hurricane here next week. This is not hurricane season. Hurricane season doesn't start until June 1st. I know, we're two and a half weeks away. But you have to understand, I've been in Key West 30 years. When I came here, hurricane season was September 1st to the end of October. It was two months, and that's when they came. But over the years, they started coming after that day. They came earlier and earlier. So now our hurricane season starts June 1 and ends November 30th. And they're saying maybe this hurricane's going to come even before the hurricane season starts because there is a system, this was announced today, off the Florida coast that has a 50% chance of developing, okay, uh, into a hurricane, a major hurricane. This was reported today by the National Hurricane Center, okay. and they'll know by this weekend there's an area of low pressure out there which is developing northeast of the Bahamas. It depends how, I'm not an expert on this, but it depends how this low pressure area develops. Now understand, the Bahamas are only, what, 50 miles? 80 miles off Key West, same thing off Miami. I mean, we're right there if this thing comes this way. Uh, they've already given it a name. If it becomes, it has to be a hurricane, though, and it will be the first of the season, early, premature birth, let's label it that way, uh, and it's going to be called Arthur. Isn't that nice? Arthur, we name him. Uh, no path has been determined yet. That doesn't mean it's going to come for Key West. It's going to come for Miami. 
it may or it may go south and go over Cuba or it may go north and hit the Carolinas, who knows, but we've got a hurricane coming maybe. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been down here for a few hurricanes now. Uh, I didn't stay for Irma, but I saw the damage when I came back, and we're still living with the damage here. I want you to know, two and a half years later, people are still living in tents. People still don't have toilets. People still don't have water, okay? Because there's no money. The government can't come up with what they, they were supposed to. The state can't come up with any more. The county doesn't have it. And these people, especially in the Big Pine area, Big Pine, it was a five when it hit there. They, they're still living. They live in the woods in tents. It, 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 these are horrible situations. Okay. Now, Trump, Pence, President, Vice President. And what happened this past week? Uh, Trump's personal valet came down with coronavirus. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Pence, his press secretary, and he works very tight with her. Her name's Katie, K-A-T-I-E, no, it's K-A-T-I-E, Katie Miller. She came down with coronavirus. Ivanka Trump's, one of Ivanka Trump's assistants in the White House came down with coronavirus. Uh, In the meantime, Trump still refuses to wear a face mask. Pence still refuses to wear a face mask. These guys got brass testicles. Are they crazy? Are they crazy? They have no respect for themselves if they don't wear the mask. They're not showing that they're brave, tough guys. They're showing that they're asses. Because if they get sick, not only are they they're in trouble, but they may infect, I don't know how many people, each of them, because that's how this virus works. It jumps from one person to another rapidly. The reason I'm spelling this all out again, I'm sure most of you are aware of what I've just said, but Trump announced, Trump announced, he has a testing strategy now in the White House. Quote, unquote, testing strategy. And it's for the White House. Everybody's wearing a mask, etc. And I find it amusing. Uh, The virus hits the White House. (laughs) And within a matter of a day or two, Trump comes up with a testing strategy for the White House, while the rest of the nation, the rest of us, are still waiting for a testing strategy. Because what has been our primary problem through this whole thing? Testing! We don't have the mask, we don't have this, we don't have that for testing. And if you you got to test properly, you're never going to beat this. And we, to this day, aren't testing properly. After all this time, 2.7% of our population is, is tested. Okay, now, 1940, the month of May. Britain is having the hell bombed out of it by by, uh, Nazi bombers and Nazi fighter planes. Hitler's on a rampage. He's going to destroy Great Britain right away, 1940 this month. Winston Churchill became prime minister. And in his first speech to Parliament, three days after becoming prime minister, he said, and I quote, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. He promised, he promised Parliament, and he promised his country and the world that day. He promised them all that 
Britain, the British people would never, never, never surrender. And I quote those three nevers. Never, never surrender. They didn't. They beat the hell out of the German Air Force. Hitler was losing so many planes that in the middle of 1941, all of a sudden he said to Hermann Goering, who was the head of the Air Force, no more, send the planes to the Russian front. And just like that, overnight, the people of Great Britain finally got their relief. Uh, okay. The keys. keys. The keys. We, we're not doing bad with uh, coronavirus. So far, in the Florida Keys, and we go from here to almost Miami, to Key Largo, uh, there have been 79 confirmed cases of coronavirus, only three deaths, Key West itself uh, claims 37 of those 79 confirmed cases with no deaths in Key West. And it makes sense that we would have the highest number of confirmed cases because we're the largest community. And that's why that happened. Okay, well, that's the show for today. I hope you enjoyed. these are not nice things to talk about, but we have to talk about this virus. We must be aware of everything about it so we can take care of ourselves and protect our families, et cetera, et cetera. I thank you for joining me again this week. Look forward to being with you next week. I love doing this show. Good night. <laughs>